Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, folks, get ready. This is going to be another UFO episode. And there's always so much happening in the UFO field, we can't get away from it. I mean, sometimes we do. Sometimes we talk about other subjects, even related to UFOs like sci-fi, and of course we talk about time travel and things like that. But our guest today is Chris Evers. He's editor of a UK publication called Outer Limits, which has no relationship to the Outer Limits TV show of many years ago in the US, I don't think. And he's also author of a book published by our friend Philip Mantle at Flying Disc Press, which is called The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere. Chris Evers, welcome to the Paracast. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me on to uh, come and spend some time with you, gentlemen. And uh, may I say, I hope it's not too late and the year hasn't traversed too quickly from New Year. But Happy New Year to you and all your listeners uh, around the globe. UK is one of our major resources of listeners outside the US. So the UK and Canada and Australia, places like that. At least you don't have to put up with these fuzzy pictures of people on the video podcasts i mean i understand you have a great studio but you see so many of them they introduce guests famous guests who are dealing with an old computer with an old webcam and all you see is a blur yeah or a barely discernible face and so we don't want to do that one of the things that i i I am quite used to is doing shows this way because uh, myself and a gentleman who you mentioned a moment ago by the name of philip mantle We actually did our own radio-style podcast on the Paranormal UK radio network. We did that for about three years until uh, Phil's health kind of took over and Phil had to step back a little bit. One of these days, you know, we might consider TV, but then I would want to hide my own face. So what I could do is, like in the old Invisible Man movies, put bandages around my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. What can I say to that? I, I, I think I know where you're coming from because I, I suffer from the same problem. <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers those movies, like the I original <laughs> one, The Invisible Man, the one with Claude Rains as the Invisible Man back in the early 30s. Yeah. And The Invisible yeah. Man returns with Vincent Price. Yes. And it, what happens is when they get invisible, they become psychotic and start doing weird things. But if you give them a blood transfusion, they become visible again. Yep. Well, of course, nobody yep. figures that out. Movies. <laughs> you do. Oh, a fellow traveler. Anyway, <laughs> I see that you followed this thing for a long time. What led you at the beginning to become interested in the paranormal? Was it an experience or just reading? Uh, really, it was the experience that I had way, way back in 1974. 
I used to go and stay at my, my uncle's uh, my uncle's property here in the city of Kingston up on all in East Yorkshire, which as you look at the map of the United Kingdom, is on the right hand side of the map. We're situated just above the River Humber, which is actually an estuary, and we're about halfway between London and Edinburgh. I had an experience when I was fourteen. I'd read a couple of books at, at staying at my uncle's about ghost stories and the occasional UFO book and so on and so forth. But I can honestly say it wasn't a deep interest. It was a passing interest. You know, being 14 years of age, 13 years of age, when I used to go there, you know, at that age, you don't want to go to bed at like half past eight, nine o'clock, you know. But I would go to bed at those times. But I'd sit up in the bedroom reading from this pile of books in the corner. And it was it was that where I had a slight interest and as i say it was only a very slight interest i'd read probably a ghost story then try to sleep all night with a light on you know that kind of thing anyway a few months after doing doing these kind of things it was in the february of 1974 where uh, myself and a group of lads it was very early evening around about four o'clock so it was already dark here in hull kingston upon hull about that time of night we'd come home from school have our evening meal, and if if everything was okay and it, the weather wasn't too bad, we'd we'd go out and we'd, we'd have like an hour with friends outside. And at this particular night, we went out uh, after our evening meal, and we decided to have a game of war, as we used to do back in the nineteen seventies. You know, we didn't have uh, this the modern kind of items that they have nowadays, like you know, mobile phones and laptops, computers. They they were years and years ahead. Anyway, this particular night, I'm sat playing this game of war with friends, two equal teams. We was hiding on, on top of a, a mud mound on a building site close to where we lived. Uh, you could get access to building sites back then because there, there was no law that said they have to be fenced off to protect individuals trespassing or going onto the property where there was building the new homes. Anyway, I'm, I'm hiding away on top of this mud mound and I, I'm looking to the southwest of my position and where where this occurred is about half a mile away from where I'm actually sat right now and uh, I'm looking to the southwest and I see a blob of light didn't think anything of it just a blob of light and uh, kind of ignored it anyway about 30 seconds later I saw another blob of light this time a little bit closer to me so it kind of like this one blob of light blinked on went off moved closer, blinked on again, went off. Then the next time this occurred, it, it kind of jumped back to the middle position between number one and number three, kind of like when position one, position three, position two, position four, then back to position three, and it kind of jumped across the sky like this. And of course, that... Okay, so this light, it kind of blinked across the, the sky, coming towards the position where I was. And, um, you know, it kind of lit up the sky. Not lit up the sky, sorry. It, it appeared once more above me. And as it appeared, this light flashed once more. I jumped up and shouted to my friends, look, guys, up in the sky, there's a UFO. Now, I only called it a UFO because... At that time, I was very much into my my science fiction programs like Star Trek, which had just come out, you know, the original series back in the UK here from 1970. It had been shown on TV. And then we had things like Doctor Who, who, who had 
watched on and off for a number of years. And uh, one of the programs that was quite popular at the time was UFO by Jerry Anderson. You know, the, t- the stories of Shadow and uh, protecting the air from alien invasion to capture body parts so these aliens could take them back and use them in their own operations on their own planet. I wonder where that idea came from. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it was that. That was why I jumped up and called it a UFO. And uh, But as I shouted, now this was about four o'clock on this particular day. It was a, a dark night. We were on a new building site, a new council housing estate, and um, there were practically no streetlights in evidence. But as I shouted it, you know, I could see all the stars in the sky, a fantastic a fantastic background of, of various stars. This light blinked, when it blinked on and I shouted UFO, it blinked off and never, ever followed the same pattern that it should have done you know across the sky if it had been traveling from the southwest it have ended up going northeast over towards the coast coast of um, east yorkshire probably the bridlington area the flamborough head area which is made famous now of course by uh, paul sinclair and the, and the the investigations that he's doing up there but anyway this this light n- never came on again so it was that really that brought me into the subject because i tried to find books at the local lending library on the ufo subject thankfully they had some of them and these were books such as those written by uh, major donald kehoe ex-usmc uh, who was retired at the time and, and he was uh, in his ufo organization over there he wrote some of these books in in the 1950s we'll continue with chris evers talking about how he got interested in UFOs with Gene, Tim, Chris, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, 
heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into like an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris Evers mentions how he started reading about UFOs, the books from Major Donald Kehoe, for example. Now, Major Kehoe, Originally wrote some books like Flying Saucers from Outer Space. Yep. Okay, Flying Saucers, Top Secret, The Flying Saucer Conspiracy. He headed a group called NICAP. I can tell you when I was thrown out of NICAP headquarters some years later, but we don't want to get into the crazy (laughs) encounters with Donald Kehoe. But anyway, let's continue after that. So you read the material from Major Kehoe. What happened next? Well, after that, I, I carried on reading books by uh, British ufologists and, and authors, you know, things about the Warminster thing, which you, you may remember, which was going on in the late 1960s in the English town of Warminster. The, the Warminster events actually went on for, a, all in all, around about 10 years. So these kind of books got my interest in the subject, you know, and I took a, an interest in the subject, read regular news reports, etc. You know, try to look up information in the local lending library and just kind of find an answer to what I'd experienced, which 50 years 
later this year, I still haven't got an answer for what I personally experienced. So it, it, it was that that kept me interested. Anyway, over the years, coming up to the 1990s, I became an investigator for Tony Dodd, uh, Quest International. I became friends with people like Russ Callahan, Philip Mantle, and others, you know, people like Graham Birdsell and Mark Birdsell who were, were quite well-known within the subject at that time period. All these kind of people I, I became regular acquaintances with, you know, and people like Dr. David Clark, Jenny Randalls, you know, I, I was kind of like talking to these on, on a regular basis. At that point, had you begun to have an opinion about what's going on? No, not at all, because I, I was, I suppose, the earlier books that I read, they kind of led me in the direction of, you know, nuts and bolts craft. And to some extent, I do think along those lines. And But, you know, I blame that because of on the books that I've read when I was younger. You know, I, I think, to be honest, today, there are a lot of strange descriptions of of craft, shall we call them, that have been seen. And it's these that I've tried to concentrate on, you know, the, the very strange descriptions that I've tried to concentrate on in my book. What about the American studies, especially, for example, with this current Pentagon UFO investigation? Any impressions about that? Well, I think, you know... <sighs> We'll get what we get, basically, from uh, America. You know, my own personal opinion is we do not need disclosure being admitted to from the Pentagon. You know, they've already admitted it in so many respects. On the 17th of December 2017, in the New York Times, that there is something beyond UFOs, something which at the moment still cannot be explained. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that these vehicles, these devices, these craft, if we want to call them that, are actually coming from extraterrestrial sources. You know, I've heard it mentioned, you know, on various times that some people, some investigators believe they could be coming from underneath the oceans of our own planet. Now, when we consider that we only know about what's going on under the water, we only know about 5% of the terrain under the seas, under the oceans. We're actually a water world when we think about it. So, yes, they could be coming from under that. Not that I'm saying they are. And, again, not that I'm saying they're not extraterrestrial. You know, this is the $6 million question. We do know, though, that what we are experiencing, what people are experiencing, is something strange. Tim. Speaking of unusual shapes, have you seen the video that's been circulating for the past uh, couple of weeks of the jellyfish-shaped UFO that was uh, uh, videotaped over um, a U.S. base in Iraq? Yes, I have seen it. Yeah, my opinion is of that really is it's a hoax. You know, it, it's first of all we've got to remember it was supposed to be invisible. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, picked, it's said to be picked up on infrared. Now, you know, if it was invisible, how did the cameraman keep focusing on it all the time? How, how come he, if he managed to follow it? You know, we all yeah, use an infrared camera, and being a full-time photographer, or I'd been a full-time photographer myself, I know how infrared works. But, you know, what was it that made him see it originally? And wasn't this 
didn't something like this first come out at least a year ago, as far as I remember, something very similar. And uh, there's just too much. To me, it's just, it, you know, I just can't take it. It's just, it's a hoax as far as I'm concerned. Like many of the hoaxes that, you know, people on the internet and other places put forward. Yeah, there was another video that uh, came out around this time last year, uh-huh. and again, it was taken in Iraq uh, uh, using a, a a drone. But this one was like a, a sphere shaped, uh, a ball shaped, silver ball shaped. Yeah. Now, recently, I guess the Pentagon has said, "Oh well, it's a balloon." Yeah, I actually heard that it was a balloon which was released. Uh, for, forgive my pronunciation, but was it for the the festival of Eid or Eid, whatever they call it? You know, it was a balloon that has been somehow uh, caught and put onto this uh, footage. Yeah, now that's that's the first that I've heard that uh, it uh, the actual source of it, but. That's part of the it, – it, it's really the problem when it comes now to UFOs and their different shapes, especially in, in more recent times, is that you have things like that, like, you know, helium balloons, drones with unusual light features on them. I mean, there's so much more now muddy in the waters that it's, uh, it's getting really hard – to tell what's real and what's not, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you may remember, I think it was about a year or 18 months ago, we had some footage of another alleged UFO uh, flying around, but it, it was exactly the same shape as a Batman balloon, which was uh, could have been bought off Amazon. Oh, I remember that one. That one was actually the uh, there was a photograph taken from I think it was like a fighter jet, yeah, uh, up fairly high, That's and correct. it's amazing that you could get a mylar balloon up that high. Yep, absolutely. It was a very, yeah. very, very strange. Uh, why, why was he chasing balloons? You know, and he's not shooting down <laughs> Chinese balloons instead. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Chinese balloons that were uh, using American internet yeah. to send their messages back uh, yeah. uh, to China. I, I, it's the the things that are going on now uh, when it comes to just unusual aircraft, whether you know man made or not. Yeah. It just continues to amaze me and and i have to agree with you about the whole you know so-called uh, disclosure movement in the united yeah. states uh as we've discussed on the show before i don't think that anybody would ever be happy no matter what was revealed we've got more to come with chris evers gene steinberg tim swartz you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart 
a birth certificate, and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. USA News Update. News reports say a prosecutor in Donald Trump's Georgia criminal case paid for the Fulton County District Attorney to accompany him on flights. Court documents showing that prosecutor Nathan Wade purchased multiple flights for him and DA Fawny Willis in the months before they hit Trump with election interference charges. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump has some clout behind him with another endorsement, former GOP presidential candidate and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. A grand jury now has to decide whether any law enforcement officers should be criminally charged for the failured response to the Robb Elementary shooting. This development coming a day after a report by the Department of Justice saying that the Uvalde shooting was an unimaginable horror and a series of cascading failures. Corey Myers, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Our guest, Chris Evers, 
His book, which we'll be talking about more, is The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere. I should put that in caps or something, but the rest of the titles in caps. Anyway, Chris was about to answer some comments from Tim Swartz. Chris, go ahead, please. Yeah, we won't be happy. There'll be those who who think, you know, that everything that, that is, is seen that is unusual in the sky is proof of alien life. You know, I mean, I would love everything to be absolute 100% proof that we are being visited, but we know... You know, that there are many, many things that can be misidentified. I mean, in the book, I mentioned lenticular clouds, for example, which can quite often be misidentified as UFOs or flying saucers, if we want to call them that. You know, I think I've even put a picture in there of an egg-shaped lenticular cloud, which is of uh, the capital of Iceland, which is called Reykjavik, and um, that was captured, and it's, it's a clear beautiful photograph so the all these can be mixed up but i still think underneath all this we are being visited by some kind of intelligent life force and i'll call it a force because i don't want to say it's a gray alien or it's a nordic alien or anything like that because you know these are all just theories nothing is conclusively proven but yes in my opinion, we are being visited. I will have to say, and I'll diverge just just a little bit. Previously, you had talked about the uh, the old Jerry Anderson show, UFO. It played here in the United States around the same time as well, uh, under syndication, which meant that uh, local stations could uh, buy it up and then uh, show it. But I love that show. I'm like you. <laughs> that was a great uh, show. You know, and I, think I used to... I used to love the cars that they had in it, you know, being, being in the early 1970s. These were supposed to be nuclear-powered vehicles, you know, which was quite astonishing when we know what nuclear power can do. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think at the time, that was probably the first show that dealt with the subject of UFOs in a, I mean, it was a science fiction show, definitely, but I mean, you know, they they used a lot of the familiar tropes that we now know about the subject of yeah. UFO. I mean, I can't think of any other show that came before that. No, I, I think that was one of the first ones that dealt with the subject of UFOs exclusively. Yes, I think it was. I mean, before then, he did other shows such as um, Joe Nanty, Thunderbirds, uh, Stingray which was another good one. But they used to do Fireball XL5 as well, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then UFO actually then became Space 1999. Yes, it did. Yeah. Unfortunately, UFO only lasted one season. And then then it became Space 1999. That was another good show, though. I used to quite enjoy that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I as well, and there, there, there should be more shows uh, uh, like that. But uh, I, I, I digress here. In your book, I see that uh, you uh, uh, were actually in uh, contact and and knew Graham Birdsell of uh, yeah. the uh, UFO Magazine UK. Yeah, yeah. Graham Birdsell was a, a major loss to the subject over here in the United Kingdom. You know, when he passed away. And I think it was 2002, 2003. And um, yes, it was 2003. You know, it was a, a big, big loss that Graham would have done anything 
to get the, the, the news and the information out to the general public. You know, I remember one particular occasion, uh, we lived about 70 miles away from where Graham was based at the time, and he drove over to Hull um, one Monday evening in the February of, uh, I think it was 96 or 97, and he came across with uh, Russ Callahan, who was, of course, was his, was his son-in-law at the time, and uh, they put on a, a, a one-night event for us here in Kingston-upon-Hull, and we had 310 interested people sat in a theatre, you know, on Monday night, throwing it down with rain outside in February, all completely enthralled with how Graham and Russ presented the information they did. A big, big loss to Graham, and he, he was a good friend. Now, Graham liked to publish a lot of stories dealing with the idea that especially... Uh, at the time that uh, that that he was publishing, uh, uh, the UK was undergoing a uh, triangle-shaped UFO flap, mm-hmm. and he wrote quite a bit, or you know, uh, his authors as well, about the possibility that the some of these, at least some of these craft, were man-made constructions. Stop, you know, black-budget, top-secret aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly, some of these uh, devices which are seen, which are witnessed, secret uh, devices made from, you know, maybe Lockheed in America, I know that British Aerospace do some similar items, you know, and um, no doubt some of these were indeed those. But when you look at some of the sizes of some of these craft, these flying triangles, FTs, which were seen at the time, surely uh, they cannot be man-made. What kind of propulsion would they have which could make one of these devices simply hover in space, in place, in, in, in space, you know, and not be blown about by the wind? At that time, back in the 1990s, unless technology was available that could do that which i don't think there was at that time you know what were they what were they powered by so granted somewhere man-made such as some as you know the early versions of maybe of drones which were being made at the time but some of these bigger ones which are seen over places like belgium which eventually came over into the united kingdom and were seen also in america you know what were they what were they powered by you know what is the answer to these all right you said craft that you've seen do you want to elaborate on that a little bit Sorry, could you repeat that? You, you broke up. You you had uh, uh, mentioned craft that you have seen, triangular craft. Uh, I, I guess you were referring to, you know, like maybe uh, a man-made. Do you want yeah. to elaborate on what you saw? Um, I personally didn't actually see any flying triangles. I mean, my sightings were were actually uh, like the, the spot of light which came across the sky, which I described a few moments ago. Then okay. I had a, an orb-like sighting, personally, which was in the mid-1990s. So, you know, but it is known that these devices were flying all around, you know, the Netherlands and uh, Belgium and northern France at the time. And also some of them did come across into the United Kingdom, which we can see if we check on various reports. I mean, I mean Wikipedia, for example, I mean, take that as it is you know what it is that what it is and uh have a look at some of the ufo cases that are reported on there that you know ufo sightings which are mentioned on there because these flying triangles are mentioned on there as well 
All right. Well, talking about the flying triangles and and everything else, let's uh, let's go into your book, "The Shape of Things to Come," uh, from okay. uh, from elsewhere. Now, what what were the factors that led you into writing this book in the first place? Well, from around about the year two thousand and two, uh, two thousand and three, actually, just after Graham passed on, uh, I stepped back from the subject, uh, you know, because of uh, family and so on and so forth. Then in twenty fourteen, I decided I wanted to get back interested in the subject again, and I knew that I had to do, well, a bit of swatting up, as, as we would say over here, you know, to uh, reintroduce myself back to the subject, find out what had been going on. Then in twenty seventeen, I thought, well. I need to read more, get more knowledge in my head about various sightings that I've gone on. So, in reality, the book it came out of the idea of, uh, you know, re-looking at cases myself. And as I went along, I just thought that the book itself doesn't matter if you've been in the subject since 1974, like myself, really, you know, or you've, you've just come into it in the last three months. There is something in that you will get out of this book that will inform you. And, you know, if you're not informed, then the things are just going to pass you by. We're going to let this pass us by. No, we're not. Chris, Gene, Tim, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. 
So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay heating pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay heating pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. Also, check our help and resources page and try our online tax map, 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications in a variety of formats. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, you exited the UFO field, then you returned some years later. Did anything that happened surprise you, something that you didn't expect to have occurred? I was quite surprised at how uh, sightings had changed from what I would call the nuts and bolts type of sightings to uh, things like uh, devices traveling through portals or orb-shaped vehicles coming along. That kind of that kind of surprised me. More of those seem to be talked about than I'd experienced previously. But in reality, nothing has really changed. You know, from the early days when I was interested, we're still to some extent, looking for an answer as to what these things are. Are they extraterrestrial? Why are there so many different shapes? You know, I mean, if we went out in 1900 and bought a car, it would be nothing like cars are today. So I'm just wondering why are there so many different shapes? And it was all this that came together, and that's why I wrote the book, basically. Well, of course, in the early part of the 20th century, if you bought a car... And compared to the price of the equivalent car in terms of where it sits in the marketplace today, compared to the money back in the early part of the 20th century, you'd buy a large house for that amount of money. Mm, absolutely, you would. I think you'd buy several large houses, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let, let us continue here. Now, in choosing the shape of things to come, you're focusing on the different shapes of UFO sightings. Yeah. Okay. So forgetting the errors in the part of witnesses, not quite getting things 
accurate because they're seeing something that's only up there for a few seconds at more. Yeah. At most. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to categorize this in a way that 20% is this, 20% is that? I didn't actually put them into percentages. What I did is I examined some documentation uh, which I found on the internet from the National UFO Reporting Center, which is, of course, over there in the United States. And in their 47 years of existence, and this is up to November 2022, they'd actually had reported over 142,000 different cases. Now, granted, a percentage of those could be mistaken, not denying that in any way, shape or form. But when you look at, for example, rectangle shapes in that time period, 2,473 fireballs, 9,728 diamond-shaped devices, craft, vehicles, whatever you want to call them, you know, 2,045. And do remember... This is only one organization based in the United States. You've got MUFON over there. In Britain, we've got, you know, things like the British UFO Research Association. Why aren't all these organizations sharing this information instead of having the opinion, it's my information, it's our information, and and selling it back to the public, basically? That is a big problem in the field, and it goes back to the early days in terms of sharing of information. I mean, I could follow the APRO versus NICAP, and there was a certain matter of rivalry there. It wasn't, well, we've got 10 different organizations, and we each collect our own information. Now, there's a central pool. There's still no central pool. Well, this is why it's a good idea by people like David Marler setting up the National UFO uh, Records, Historical Records Center. You know, we need to find some kind of place some kind of library that will take this information in and store it for future generations. You know, I mean, just going back to triangles, which we've talked about, you know, a few moments ago, it triangle reports at the National UFO Reporting Centre up to, you know, November 2022, in that 47 years of existence, 12,709. So these things are being seen, not just in America, but they're being seen all over the world. This is a global phenomenon that we need to find an answer for. Unfortunately, when we have things like this AARO group within the Pentagon, their only interest is military sightings. If you're not in the military, well, go to your local police department or something. There's no way to collect it. Or your local favorite UFO club. Yeah, the, we, um, the, the problem is nowadays, though, with things like UFO clubs. You know, I know MUFON have regular meetings at various places around the United States. But in Britain, we don't have anything like that. The British UFO Research Association is only a pale shadow of what it once was. You know, they don't have any regular meetings. They don't have any uh, any way to contact them. These, you can't find them. You know, I mean, I ran a conference here in Kingston upon all in 2017, where I was looking back at a case I'd personally investigated back in 1994. And um, I asked the, the, the leader of the British UFO Research Association for some information regarding this case, this incident, because Bufora was one of the first that had actually got there and investigated the case, you know, and now in 
2024, I'm still waiting for a reply. Why are they not sharing information? Definitely, it's immediately a problem. There's ego involved there, though. I think they can feel that if they say, we have exclusive content, you'll sign up and join this organization. Yeah, yeah, that's... it's. um, it's a shame that egos have come into it, to be honest with you. We're all supposed to be working in the same field, looking for the same answers, you know, and it, nine times out of ten, it, it, people decide it's our organization. You know, you, you can only join our organization if you pay the subscription fee or so on and so forth. Now, in the mid-1960s, I had a run-in with APRO, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, considered one of the premier organizations in terms of investigations back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, less so in the 80s. Yeah. And I had a small UFO magazine. I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. And I reprinted some material that they had written for Fate magazine, just summarizing it, which is, of course, mm-hmm. fair use. And they went and tried to send me a bill for $100. Well, you ran this thing and you sent us $100. And I said, no. And that ended that for 10 years. 10 years later, I meet Coral Lorenzen, who was one of the founders and managers at APRO. And I introduced myself 10 years later. And she's still talking about it. Oh, dear. I know you mentioned earlier on that, you know, my magazine, uh, which comes out six times a year, um, you know, it's a subscription-based magazine, which helps to fund my conferences that I put on. You know, it's called The Outer Limits magazine. Now, I had people, when I first started doing this, saying to me, but you can't use that name, it's a TV program, etc., etc. Well, I'm sorry, but copyright law states you cannot, you know, copyright a title. So it doesn't matter if the program was called, you know, Uncle Fred Goes to Mars or something like that. If I wanted to call my magazine that, I could do them. They couldn't stop me from doing it. There are also trade, Chris, there are also trademark regulations. So that could be part of it right there. But if you're using it for a different purpose, and the Outer Limits TV show is sci-fi, you're using it for a magazine... That covers factual information about the paranormal. Exactly. And I don't don't know how they could complain about it, but if they did, you just say, well, we'll get publicity, let them sue us. Yeah, exactly. But the title has now actually changed. It's not The Outer Limits magazine. It's simply OLM, which is completely different altogether. I'll go with Outer Limits magazine. I'd say, come at it, Buster. I could use the publicity. Maybe this will give me another 100,000 paid subscribers or something. Yes. Let's so. I doubt if any of the, uh, I doubt if any of the uh, uh, original producers and uh, showrunners are even still around for the Outer Limits uh, television show. Well, exactly. I mean, we're going back. What, to the very early 1960s? Also, the copyrights with regard to intellectual properties. Now, this past year, Mickey Mouse became public domain. Oh, yes, yes. Certainly did. In the 2030s, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman will enter the public domain, which in theory means 
anybody could produce a Superman movie in 2035, if we're still around, and not have to deal with DC Comics. Now, that doesn't mean all the things that Superman does can be included, because originally Superman could leap tall buildings with a single bound, but he could not fly. That was added later. Kryptonite was added later. Lex Luthor, the villain, was mm-hmm. added later, so maybe they still have the copyright on that. I don't know why we're talking about this. Chris, <laughs> Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Pettycast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. <laughs> 